up your voice and begin to bless the name of the Lord. Begin to thank the Lord. Begin to thank the Lord for his faithfulness. Begin to thank the Lord for his mercies. Yesterday there was a tornado. As we were praying, the Lord said, I will preserve all. None shall be missing. None shall be lacking. And this morning, to the glory of the Lord, we have everyone preserved and protected. Lift up your voice and thank the Lord. And give praise His holy name. Those in Glassville are preserved. Those in Hendersonville are preserved. Those in Nashville are present. Those in Murfreesboro are present. Lift up your voice and bless the Lord for his faithfulness and for his blessings and for his mercies. Bible says that it is because of the mercies of the Lord that we are not consumed. His compassion faileth not. His compassion filleth not. Oh Lord, we give you praise. Lord, we are eternally grateful. Thank God for all the testimonies that we recorded in the name of Jesus. To God, Worship ascend to the heavens.
Worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. Somebody worship the Lord. We have returned with our thanksgiving for the preservation of lives, for protection, and for provision. You have been too good to us. You have been too kind to us. We came this morning to say thank you. Thank you and thank you and thank you, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Oh, we honor you. We glorify your name. Thank you for your mercy, Lord. Let your name forever be praised, Lord. In the congregation of the saints, let your name be honored. Let your name be adored. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. Let everybody shout me a believing amen. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you.
Everybody put your hands together again for the Lord Jesus. Amen. How many of you are excited about this month of December? Yeah, I am. I am. And one of the reasons why I'm excited about the month of December is because we are recovering all. Do you believe that? I've heard testimonies this month that I'm even shocked and surprised about. Yeah, amazing testimonies, you know. When And you know, I told you that in the moment of recovery, the Lord compresses time. Time is compressed. And when time is compressed, you get the best within the season. So I want somebody to be expectant of the best within the season. Tell somebody, I'm expecting nothing but the best. Oh, can you talk or you can't talk? Listen, there are people in the hospital now, they just wish the Lord would give them the opportunity to just open their mouth. Yeah. Say, I'm expectant of the best of the season. Do you know why? Because it is our moment of recovery. Hallelujah. And I told you that whatever you did not get, you know, what makes the, this season so beautiful is the fact that whatever you did not get, you know, the Lord has... Revelation chapter 22 and then verse number 2, it talks about the fact that there is a tree in heaven and that tree bears fruit every month. So, it bears 12 fruits. And he said that every month there is a particular fruit it bears. It tells us that every month of the year there is a special blessing that the Lord has for us. So, in case you didn't get it, and if the Lord has it for me, why did I not get it? Because of sometimes demonic interception. Maybe the devil can intercept that blessing. You remember, Bible talks about Daniel praying. And when Daniel prayed, his answer was released. But the prince of Persia intercepted it. You know, so there are many people, the, the thing that we have prayed for, and I want you to keep your eyes on me. Forget about the kitty boobs and the kitty bobs. Forget about the lambs. That is part of the blessings. Hallelujah. They, are, that is, they make the ministry very beautiful. So listen very well. You see, so there are, there are blessings for every month that the Lord has for us. You see, so if you did not get what the Lord had for us in the month of January, it means that there was either a demonic interception, like I explained in the case of Daniel, or number two, there was a distraction. Now, when there is a distraction, it offsets you, O-F-F-S-E-T. Anytime there is a distraction, it offsets you. So let's say... The Lord has placed a blessing in the hand of, um, let me say, L.P. Jemima. Wave me your hand. Now, as long as I remain in this route, I am going to see it and I'm going to get it. So sometimes I'll be distracted. Let's say, Elder, try waving, Elder, uh, Elder um, Marshall, try waving your hand to me. Now, you see, so this is where I'm supposed to be. But I have a distraction here. So when I am distracted and I come to this route, that blessing, I will never get it. But the Lord has made provision for it. So you see, sometimes it is by demonic interception. Sometimes it is by distraction, demonic distractions. And then sometimes it is as a result of ignorance. It's as a result of... So these are the three reasons why sometimes we don't receive the things that God has prepared for us. That is why the Bible says that lack of knowledge... You see, the greatest, the greatest disservice the enemy can do to any child of God is ignorance. When the devil brings you to a place of ignorance, when the devil brings you to a place of not knowing what the Lord has prepared for you, 
then ladies and gentlemen, everything can be caputed. He can place an embargo on it. However, that is why there is always what is called recovery. Because anytime there is recovery, you know, the Lord brings us to a place of restoration, like factory setting. Okay, let me take you back to where you were supposed to be and then where you, where you deviated. So the Lord brings you back there and then from there we begin to recover all. Now, when the Lord is helping us to recover, I told you something on Wednesday that whatever you were supposed to get in January and you didn't get February, March, April, all the way to December, he puts all together and he puts it in the month. Hallelujah. Is somebody here at all? Kojo, I want you to do something for me. You know what I like, right? Yeah. So do something. Step me up. Create the atmosphere for me. Don't make it dry. Hallelujah. Praise the blessed name of Jesus. So what the Lord does is that he packages all and then he puts it together in that month for you. That is why you read the book of Joel and then Joel chapter 2 and then um, verse number 22, 23. Let's see Joel chapter 2 verse 22. Be not afraid, ye beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring, for the tree buried the fruit, the fig tree, the vine will yield their strength. Verse 23. Look at verse 23. Be glad and rejoice, O ye, do- ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given, now that is it, you see, for he has given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, both the former rain and the latter rain in the, in the first month. And this is what I'm talking about. So, the, fe- the former rain and the latter rain don't happen at the same time. There is a lot of time because one comes at the beginning of the planting season and then the other one comes when the harvest, I mean when the fruits are about to come upon the tree. So they happen in, in a space of time. But when there is recovery, the Lord compresses time and the first and the second or the first and the last are come together and you receive a full package. Somebody receive a package of recovery in Jesus' name. If you believe it, shout me a believing, I receive it. So, it is, it, it, some of these things are very, very important. That is why in the book of Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28 to 30, Jesus was very emphatic. You see, because if we don't learn some of these things, we will not be able to recover. So he said, I come unto me, all ye that are laden and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. How is he going to give us rest? Verse 29 says that, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. So every time we come into the house of the Lord, we come to learn. And today we are here to learn and we will receive and will recover in Jesus' name. Alright, so today briefly, I'll be talking about when Thanksgiving becomes a weapon. Or when thanksgiving becomes our weapon. When thanksgiving becomes our weapon. Because this month we are recovering all. But we are also dealing with thanksgiving. Doubling everything or bringing full recovery. Hallelujah. So in life, what makes champions are what they know. That others do not know. What you know that somebody do not know. Makes you a champion over the person. If you see two people doing the same thing. And then one is getting blessed by it. The other is not getting blessed, but they are doing the same thing. It means that the one that is getting blessed knows something that the other doesn't know. You see? Now, in the kingdom, we call it mysteries. Or we call it keys. We call it mysteries. When you read the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 4, and then verse number 1 and 2, he says that, 
Um, moreover, let a man so account of us as the, look at that, as the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. It is the mysteries of the kingdom that make kingdom giants. You see, when you have a mystery of the kingdom, it brings you to a place where you become a giant. What David knew that the other Israelites didn't know is what made him overcome Goliath. It wasn't his structure. It wasn't his age. It wasn't his sex. It wasn't his gender. You see, all those things that sometimes people use to limit themselves are not really. It is what you know. Bible says that when David got to the battlefield, he said, I know when I was at the backside of the, of the, of the, of the, of the mountain, I, 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 I knew God to be like a shepherd. They said, how do you know him? He said, when the lion came and then the bear came, the Lord empowered me to slew them. And when they came after me, when I went after them and I drew out the lamb from their mouth, and then they turned against me, I killed them. I destroyed them. And he said, by reason of that, I'll be able to overcome Goliath. In the kingdom, what you know is what will give you an advantage over the issues and the situations of life. And what you know is called mysteries. Tell somebody mysteries. So the more mysteries you know, the more accesses you have. The more mysteries you know in the kingdom, the more accesses you have. One day Jesus was speaking in the book of Matthew chapter 13 and verse 11. And he said unto you, and he was talking to you and I. We cannot recover without knowing and understanding the mysteries of the kingdom. It is the mysteries that empowers us to recover. So he said that Jesus answered and said unto them. Here the disciples had come to Jesus. And when they came, they were asking Jesus about many, many, many things. Jesus had already spoken to them about the parable of the seed, uh, uh, the sower and then the seed and all that. Now they came to Jesus and they were like, Jesus explained to us. And Jesus said, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it is not. The difference between you and the world, what makes you, and last week, um, um, uh, our executive secretary, when he was here and he was preaching, said something very profound. He said, we fight from a place of victory. We don't fight from a place to, into victory. We are already victors. And we fight from a place of victory. What makes us fight from a place of victory is called the mysteries. Somebody understanding me? Sometimes, you have, you, 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 there, there is, there is a, 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 let's say, there was a very powerful game that you missed. And then you, you, you know the score. Let's say it was 2-0, okay, in favor of your team. But you want to watch it again. So when you are watching it, you are not so, you, you want to watch it because you want to enjoy it. But you are not watching it because you want to know the outcome. Is somebody understanding me? So when we say that, we are fighting from a place of victory. It means that we are fighting because we have to follow protocols. But we are not fighting because we, we are now engaging it. In the same way, just like when you are watching a match that you know that your, your team scored and you are so excited and you want to watch over and over. When you are watching, you are just entertaining yourself. You are just obeying protocol just to watch it. You are not watching it because you are anxious about whether they are going to score or not. And that is why Bible said that be anxious for nothing because by the mysteries of the kingdom, you are already a victor. He said, for we are more than conquerors. How are we more than conquerors? Because of the mysteries that we know. He said, it is given unto you to know the mysteries. 
to know the mysteries. Psalm 25 verse 14. He said the mysteries or the secret of the Lord. The mysteries of the kingdom belong to them that fear him. And Bible said that he will show them his covenant. And one major mystery for recovery is the mystery key of thanksgiving. Is the mystery key of thanksgiving. On Wednesday, I told you that it is a universal key that is used for anything in the kingdom. If you are taking notes, you can write a couple of things down. Now, thanksgiving, because it is a universal key, it can be engaged as a weapon. When we read the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and reading from verse number 3 to 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 5. Very emphatic. He said, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk after the flesh. And verse 4 said that for the weapons. Look at that. For the weapons. The weapons. So there are many weapons. He said that for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Hey, they are not physical. Then how must we know them? Through the mysteries. So there are weapons that we fight with, but they are not carnal. They are not physical. They are not things that are visible. They are things embedded in the mysteries of our kingdom. Our weapons are not physical. They are how, look at how the Bible said. He said that they are mighty through God. So the mysteries we know in God provide us with the, with the, with the, with the weapons in God to overcome the enemy. Praise the name of Jesus. Thanksgiving and praise in God. So I wrote something here. I said, so what are the mysteries through God that you know? Those mysteries through God that you know become the weapons that we use against the enemy. Now, how does thanksgiving become a weapon? Look at a scripture in Psalm 8 and verse 2. In Psalm 8 and verse 2, he says that out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, he has ordained strength. You see, that strength, that word strength there means power. It means weapon. He said he has ordained weapons. He has ordained power because of your enemies that you might steal the enemy and the avenger. So one way of stealing the enemy and the avenger, ladies and gentlemen, is by the power that he has embedded in our tongue. Now, the same scripture. Look at how Jesus put it in Matthew 21 verse 6. So in the book of Psalm 8 verse 2, now, let's go back to Psalm 8 verse 2 and then we'll come back to Matthew 21 verse 6. Out, look at that. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, he has ordained what? Strength. So that he can be able to steal the enemy and the avenger. Now, how did Jesus put that strength in verse number 6 of Matthew 21? So he said, Matthew 21 verse, verse number 6. He said that, and the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. Give me verse number uh, 7. Verse number, no, verse number 16, I believe. Verse number 16, or is it not Matthew? Let me see. And he said, hearest thou? Yes, verse 16, thank you. And he said unto him, hearest thou what is what this is? And Jesus said unto them, yea, have you not read? Look at it very well. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, you have perfected what? Praise. But in the book of Psalm, he said that he has perfected or he has anointed. He has put what? Power. Can we go back there again? And then we'll come to verse 16. I want you to see something very well. You see, the Lord was telling us that thanksgiving and praise is a weapon to steal the enemy and the avenger. 
Now go back to Matthew chapter 21 verse 16. So in Matthew chapter 21 verse 16, how did this scripture come about? Jesus was entering into Jerusalem and people were praising him. Hallelujah. Hosanna. Thank you, Lord. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he that carries uh, salvation. Blah, blah. So they were celebrating him, praising him, honoring him. And then the, the Pharisees were angry. So the Pharisees came and then Jesus was telling them that what they are doing, have you not read? The Bible says that out of the mouths of babes and sucklings, he has perfected praise. So anytime praise comes into your mouth, it becomes the power to silence the enemy. Is somebody getting it? When you see that the enemy is after your children, the enemy is after your marriage, the enemy is after your finances, the enemy is after something that God has prepared for you, turn it around. You can engage in power. And Bible said that that power is called the praise that God has put in your mouth. So anytime you come to a place of praise, what you are doing is that you are engaging praise or thanksgiving as a weapon. Listen, do you know that you can use anything that the Lord gives you as a weapon? For example, if you are having a knife, a knife is a good thing. It can, you can use it to cook. You can use it to do many things. But then, when the enemy comes against you, you can also use that knife as a defensive weapon. Is that right? Now, the thanksgiving that we give every day, it can become a weapon because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. So how does it become a weapon? It becomes a weapon when instead of you complaining, you engage it. Yeah. When does thanksgiving become a weapon? It becomes a weapon when instead of you to complain because you have every reason. I'm not saying I don't have the reason. When you have every reason to complain, yet you decide that I'm not going to complain, I'm going to thank God. Then it becomes a weapon. You can turn thanksgiving into a weapon. It is very easy to thank God when you get a green card. It is very easy to thank God when you marry. When somebody proposes, it is very easy to thank God when uh, 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 you buy a new car. It is very easy to thank God when things are going well. You applied and then you got a job. It is very easy. You, you come to church in your best April. You come to church, you know, singing. You, you, people are saying that, oh, we are, you have not seen and heard any bad news. It's like everything is fine. But when things are turned around and yet you go saying that, thank you, Lord. I don't know how it happened so, but I'm still thanking you. When there is warfare in the house, when there is warfare at the workplace, when they had just fired you and then you come with your thanksgiving, then it becomes a weapon. It becomes a weapon. It is easy to thank God. When everything is working fine. But when things turn around and things are against you, and then instead of complaining, instead of murmuring, instead of throwing tantrums, instead of questioning the integrity of God. Hey, Lord, I fasted. I did 21 days. I even gave my tithe. I even did this. And how have you treated me like this? Instead of doing that, when you begin to put praise in your mouth. Lord, I don't know what is going on. But I know that all things work together for the good of them that love you. I don't know what is happening, but I know that as long as I am in your will, I will experience your very presence and your very presence is going to turn things around. Then thanksgiving becomes a weapon. Hallelujah. When things do not go the way you are expecting them to go, yet you thank him. 
that is when thanksgiving becomes a weapon. Praise the name of Jesus. So look at a scripture in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And verse number, you know, Paul wrote most of his letters from prison. Most of his letters, he wrote them from jail. Sometimes they have beaten him. Sometimes he's almost about dying. And they will throw him into jail. Did he steal? No. Did he chase somebody's wife or husband? No. What did Paul do? He just preached the gospel. One day Paul and Silas went to a land. And then they were preaching and there was a girl possessed with demons. And then they cast out the devils. For casting out the devils, Bible said that they beat them. In Acts chapter 16. And they threw them into jail. And Bible said that while they were still there, they were thanking God. Acts chapter 16, let's read from verse number 19. You see, Bible says that, and, and when her master saw that her hope of gaze was gone, they caught Paul and Silas, drew them into the marketplace, onto the, onto the leaders, the rulers, and what happened to them? Look at that. And when they had brought them before the magistrate, they tried them, and they said that these are causing exceeding trouble in our, in our city. Verse 21 says that, and, 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 and they teach customs which are contrary to our laws, and that we Romans, we don't observe. Verse 22. In verse 20, and the multitude rose up against them, rent their, their clothes, and commanded them to be beaten just for praying for somebody that was demon-possessed. Can you imagine if it was you and I? Lord, I went about your work, and this is what has happened to me. I went, I didn't even, I just went to share flyers to talk to people about Jesus, and look at what has happened to me. And sometimes we can question is it when I started paying tight? Uh, when I started paying tight, I saw that attack is on my money. Then it, it means that I shouldn't be tightened. You, you see, that, that, that is where they were. Uh, look, uh, look with me to verse number 23. Verse 23 says that when they had laid many stripes upon them, they should be complaining. They have every legal right to be complaining. I'm not saying that you don't have the right to complain. You have it. But you can turn the situation around. So, Bible says, verse 25, so they put them, they put them in jail, but at midnight, you know, and at, at the word midnight means the, the moment of intense pain. So, guess what? They have beaten these guys. Their body was torn. Huh? And then, there was no remedy. There was no medication. Probably, it was in a cold winter evening, and they threw them into a cold jail. I want you to imagine it. Pain. Body torn. No clothes or little clothes on. Cold, shivering. What did they do? They just did the work of God. What must they naturally do? Lord, how could you be so uncaring, unconcerned about my situation? Is it that you don't hear my prayers? Am I talking to somebody? Lord, is it that you don't hear my prayers? Is it that when I talk, you don't hear? Is it that, what have I done? I, I checked everything and all the checklist was green, green, green. Meaning that I've done everything right. What did I do wrong? The Bible said that they didn't do that. Bible said that they knew that they could turn praise. They could turn their situation into a weapon. Because their weapon was not going to come from outside. Their weapon was within. And it could be activated to bring help from outside. So verse 25 says that. And at midnight. In the moment of intense pain. Paul and Silas prayed. When they have finished praying. They sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. Somebody say, and the prisoners heard them. 
that statement ministers so much to me because the prisoners had them means that they did not do it. They didn't say that, you know, there are some people that will tell you that if you don't sell your sickness, you won't get medication. They, yeah, there's a popular statement like that, that if you don't let people know what you're going through, how do they help you? You know, so, so, but this one, Paul and Silas made people know that, yeah, though we are going through trouble, we know something that others don't know. They put a praise in their faces. Let me ask you a question. If you see a beggar by the roadside begging you for money, and then I also come and I beg you for money, and you have five, you have $100 bill, and then you have one $5 bill, which, which one would you give to me? The 100 let, let me tell you something. There is a, many people don't know. There is a mystery eh, about being praiseful, about being joyful. Sometimes people think that when you come to God with, you know, um, um, or when you present yourself in that pitiful way, then God will have, no. God likes it rather when you come joyfully. Eh? When you come joyfully. When you come joyfully, you appear as somebody that is dignified for something blessed. So instead of complaining, you come joyful. Lord, thank you. Father, I give you praise. It doesn't matter what is happening. So look at the scripture in the book of First Thessalonians chapter, um, chapter 5. And then let's read from verse number 16 to 18. So Paul was writing this letter probably from jail. And he was giving them an admonition. And he said that, look at that. He said, rejoice evermore. So he was giving them the keys that he had received. You know, everything that Paul preached were things that had been downloaded to him. In fact, start with me from verse number 14. Let's start from verse number 14. Now we exhort you. So he was going to give them keys. He said, brethren, warn them that are unruly. Comfort the feeble-minded. Support the weak. Be patient towards all men. Be patient towards all men. All men may not grow the way you want them to grow. All people will not behave the way you want them to behave. But he said, be patient towards all men. So he was giving us kingdom keys. And then verse number 15. He said, see that none render evil for evil. Watch it. Watch this. None render evil for evil unto any man. But ever follow that which is good. Both among yourselves and to all men. When somebody does you wrong, do not reciprocate in that way. And then in verse number 16, 17, and 18. He said, rejoice evermore. He was telling us how to activate our weapons. Rejoice evermore. Verse 17. He said, pray without ceasing. So you rejoice. You pray. You do not render evil for evil. You, 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 you become a carer of the brethren. And then in verse number 18, he said, now, when you have done all these things and there are trouble, patience in everything, give thanks. Now, look at the next statement. Why did he say give thanks? He said because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. He didn't say that for everything give thanks. There are two statements. For everything give thanks is different from in everything give thanks. The situation may not be the best. He didn't say thank God for that uh, 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 um, um. Uh, what do we call it? That bad thing that happened. That Lord, thank you that you brought me this bad news. No, he didn't say that. It is not God that brought it. But he said, whilst you are in it, thank him. Do you know why? Because it is like this. The story is said, or the story is told of 
um, a man that had a certain beautiful lamb or a very beautiful dog, puppy or whatever, but there was an animal and there was a man. And then the animal fell into a ditch. And so the man knew that the animal was going to die because there was no way they were going to go inside there. So the man was like, in order not to, and I know most of you may have heard that story before, in order not to see the animal starve to die, let me just bury it alive. At least it will die anyway, but it will die quicker. So he started pouring, he called his friends. They did everything. They couldn't rescue the animal. So they started pouring sand in. They started pouring sand in. So when they poured the sand in, buckets of sand, they were pouring. Then when it falls on the animal, the story says that the animal will shake itself. And then it will fall down and then it will step on. So they kept pouring. They kept pouring. At a point, they were not hearing the sound of the animal again. So they were like, maybe the animal is fully covered. So let's about prepare to go home. And then all of a sudden, they heard the bleating of the goat now, or, the, or, the, or the lamb or whatever. Now they checked, and then instead of the animal being buried, the animal shook off the dust or the sand, and it became a stepping stone, and gradually it helped the animal to come up. That is what thanksgiving in the pit does for you. So as you are thanking God, it becomes stepping stones. You keep thanking him. Then it becomes building blocks. So as you are thanking him, Lord, thank you. You are thanking him. Not for the situation, but whilst you are in the situation. It means that don't consider what is happening. Thank him for the fact that you are even alive and it is happening. And that is what I was talking about last Sunday. That you can give, you can give reasons. I, say, I can give reasons why I can't thank God. But that same reason that you are giving why you can't thank God, it is somebody's reason for prayers. Amen. Yeah. Uh, I don't have a bank. I don't have money in my bank account. Somebody is also praying. Lord, give me one bank account. Uh, oh, you don't, you don't believe it. Uh, Elder, has, Elder, Elder Israel has been sharing his testimony. How to the age of 21, he had never walked into a bank. When he shared it, were you not here? You didn't hear? Yeah. He said, for 21 years, I had never gone into the bank. The first time he went into the bank was when somebody had given him a check. And the check was supposed to take some days to clear. But he didn't know. So, for for, for two days, the checker, he said, today, me and the bank. So he went into the bank, going to challenge them. It was when he went there that he met a God-sent person. And the person didn't only explain the situation, but the person later on became a blessing. So whatever you have as a situation that you think you must complain, there is something about it that is somebody's major prayer topic for a breakthrough. The more you learn to thank God, so in the situation, you thank him. Paul said that whilst we are in the situation, give him thanks. Why? Because thanksgiving is his will. It is not a situation that is his will. Yeah, look at that. In everything, give thanks for this is the will of God. And the will of God will always provoke the presence of God. Yeah, that is why, listen, that is why whenever there is thanksgiving, God is there. Because anytime there is thanksgiving, it is the will of God. And God will always be at where his will is. So the moment you find yourself in trouble, instead of complaining, give thanks to God. Now, Second, Cor- Second Chronicles chapter 20. When you read from verse number 20 to 23. Second Chronicles chapter 20 verse 20 to 23. We all know the story because I've said it a couple of times here. When Jehoshaphat was under trouble... 
Five nations have come against a small city. Five troubles has come, have come against one person. And Bible said that he didn't know what to do. And all of a sudden, Bible says that when he had consulted, verse number 21, when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord. This was when they had already been besieged. They had not, gone, they had not gotten any vic- victory at this point. They were still going for the warfare. They were still in the warfare. They were still in the trouble. They were still in the situation. And Bible said that when he had consulted with the people, instead of maybe taking certain strategies that will supplement whatever, Bible said that the appointed singers unto the Lord. When you are in the trouble, appoint singing as a major tool. Bible said that the appointed singers unto the Lord that should praise the beauty of holiness. And as they went out before the army to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. What happened? Verse 22 and 23. And when they began to sing and to praise the Lord, the Lord set ambushment against the children of Ammon, against the children of Moab, against the children of Sarah, which were come up against Judah to smite them. So every situation that has come up against you to smite you by thanksgiving, you will condemn it in Jesus' name. Now look at verse number 23. And verse 23 says that the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Sinai, utterly to slay and to destroy them. Now, and when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Sinai, everyone helped to destroy another. Your enemies will destroy themselves this Christmas. Yeah. That is what happened. They, there was no way Je- Jehoshaphat, Randy, could not even fight one of the countries. There were five that had come against him. He couldn't fight one of them. When the situation is beyond every reasonable ability, somebody goes to the hospital and the doctor said that this situation, there is nothing we can do about it. What, what are you going to do? The place that is supposed to be a recovery place, the place that is supposed to be a solution place are telling you that we don't have solution for the problem. What are you going to do? you turn into praise. Hallelujah. Because sometimes, the way out of the predicament is to cause the predicament to destroy itself. That is why I've seen that many times, when there is thanksgiving, people now come after some time of thanksgiving, and then they go back there, and then they tell them that, what we said we saw, we have not seen it again. What we said we were holding against you, we have reversed and returned it and canceled it. That is going to be somebody's story in Jesus' name. When we engage thanksgiving as a weapon, write these four things that it does. Number one, whenever you engage thanksgiving as a weapon, as a will of God, the first thing that it does is that it puts God in his military element. It's very, very important. Eh, can God be in a military element? Yes. Some Exodus 15 verse 3. Exodus 15 verse 3 emphatically said, Apostle Solomon, the Lord is a man of war. Do you see that? Listen. Listen. You know that God is a God of love. I've already told you that he has many shades. He's God. But he has many shades. He, he, can, he can operate. He operates with us by love. When we were sinners and when we were dead in sin, Bible said that God commended his love towards us in that whilst we were dead in sin, 
He sent Jesus. So, the love of God, the, 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 the sight of God, that manifests his love, brought us salvation. Praise the name of Jesus. There is a side to that is called the side of war. There is a side of God. That is called the side of war. And you can put God in that side called the side of war by thanking him, by praising him. When you praise God, listen, let me tell you how it happens. When you praise God and God steps in the situation, okay? The moment he steps in the situation, if everything is fine, he begins to increase you. But if it comes and the enemy is there, whilst you are thanking him, then automatically he gets into his military element. Because he's a man of war. Prince, do you understand it? He's a man of war. And the moment he steps into his military element, what does he do? He begins to fight. Psalm 144. Psalm 144 and then verse number 1 to 2. Psalm 144 verse 1 to 2. You can always engage the side of God as a weapon or as a, as a man of war through thanksgiving. So he said, blessed be the Lord my God. My strength, which teaches my hands to war. God is interested in warfare. Sometimes when we are engaging in warfare prayers, some people who don't understand things will be like, oh, why, why are you engaging in war? Why you? Bible said that, the, look, at, look at the scripture. He said, and this is the man David who fought for 40 years and never lost a battle. He said, the Lord teaches my hands to war. And he teaches my fingers to fight. God is interested in we fighting and winning. Hallelujah. But how does it happen? Through the weapon of thanksgiving. In Judges. In Judges. In, oh, sorry. Praise the name of Jesus. Yeah. Now, in, 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 in Jeremiah chapter 51, verse 20 to 26. When you write it down, I'll give you the paraphrase. He said that we are his battle axe. Whenever there is an issue, we are, and please listen, when I talk of fighting and war, I'm not talking about with your brother or with your sister. You, you, you saw the message that Papa preached, that God teaches us to, I'm going to really fight you. No, that is not it. He's talking about situations that, listen, the situations that try to make your kingdom citizenship doubted. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. So he teaches our hands to war. Anytime we put on thanksgiving, God comes in. And you see, God is too big for the situation. So God will not fight the situation. Rather, what God does is, is like you taking a little boy in your hands and then putting, um, can, I have, can, can I have one of the, one of the children? Can, let me just have one of the children. Yeah, come, 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 come. Any of them that will come. Now, look at that. It is like, okay, Pastor Solomon, hold her. Now you hold her. Uh-huh. And then look at that. Use her hand. Use her hand. So hit me with her hand. You see? On her own, she can't hit me. But do you know that as Pastor Solomon is holding her hand, she can hit me and I will cry. And I will feel the pain. Because even though she is hitting me, the power behind the hitting is Pastor Solomon's arm. Uh-huh. When you thank God, God now puts his hand upon your hand like this and slaps the situation and slaps the sickness and slaps the shame. So it will be like you are slapping the shame, but the power behind it. Now listen, the, the question is, how could David, now listen, watch this. How could a stone hit the forehead of Goliath and instead of Goliath falling back, Bible says he fell forward. 
think about it. When a stone entered into the forehead of Goliath, he should... My Bible says he fell forward. Do you know why? Because God was teaching David's hand to war. So what God was doing was that the hand of God was upon David as he was about to shoot the sling. And the angels of the Lord were behind Goliath. So Goliath was sandwiched. Listen, don't, don't joke with thanksgiving. Don't joke with praise. So Goliath was sandwiched between the hand of God upon the hand of David and the angels of the Lord. So when he shot it, it was like a stone. But he didn't know that what came with the stone, what came with the stone was a tomahawk ballistic missile. So when he shot it like that and it entered, he became dazed. And instead of him falling back, the angel said, you won't fall back. They pushed him like that. They pushed him like that. I'm seeing your thanksgiving pushing the situation before you. God bless you. So he will put his hand upon your hand. Look at that. That is why he said that you are my battle axe. God wants to destroy and disgrace that situation. He said you are my battle axe. And you are my weapons of war. And with you. You see, with you. He said, I will break in pieces the nations. And with you, I will destroy the kingdoms. Look at verse number. You can read all the way to 26. Verse 21. Look at verse 21. He said, and with you, I will break in pieces the horse and the rider. Impossible situations. Things that can never be fought by your certificate. Things that cannot be fought. You can do all the gymnastics that you can. You can do all the training that you can. There are certain conditions, my brothers and my sisters. Your attendance of gym will not quench it. What will quench it is your praise. What will quench it is your praise. Your complaining will not stop it. When you started complaining to this man, has he changed? Has she also changed? Write her name and then praise God on it. Write that situation. That is what I do. Sometimes when I see that the prayers have not changed anything, I say, Lord, I have prayed. When they prayed in Acts chapter 4, Bible said that the Lord sent angels. There was a shaking, Acts 4.31. When they have prayed, the place was shaking. Yeah, there was a shaking. But in Acts chapter 16, verse 25, when they sang praises, when they thank God, God himself set in. And the place was not just shaking. There was an earthquake. There was an earthquake. Somebody's praise is bringing an earthquake in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Number two. Number two. When we engage thanksgiving as a weapon, what does it do? Number two, it neutralizes the powers of the enemy. It neutralizes the powers of the enemy. Listen, Bible says in 1 John 5, 19 that the whole world lies in wickedness. The reason why we thank God over our food is not because God will eat our food. It's not because, no, 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 no. But you know what? It is his will. And anytime we thank him, and he steps in his will. What happens is that the, he neutralizes every demonic effect. Listen, the whole world lies in wickedness. Everything lies in wickedness. Even the money that you get, the thing that you have worked for, it is lying in wickedness. Look at that. He, he said that, and the whole world lies in wickedness. Now, that statement means that everything is contaminated. Everything is defiled. What brings the decontaminant is thanksgiving. I'll show you 1 Timothy chapter 4. And let's read from verse number 1 to 4. 1 Timothy. 
chapter 4, verse 1 to 5. I'll read verse 1 to 5. Now, now look at the evil that is going to be expressed in the world. He said, now the spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And verse 2 says that speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience here with a hot iron. And verse 3 says that forbidding to marry, commanding to abstain from means which God has created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe. So anything that God gives you, he said, receive them with thanksgiving. What does he do? Look at verse number 4 and 5. What does he do? For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. Are you seeing it? So, the thing is lying in wickedness. But how does it become beneficial to me if you receive it with thanksgiving? Why? Because verse 5 says that for it is sanctified. Look at that. It is sanctified by the word of God and by prayer. So, when we begin to thank God, it brings sanctification. It brings neutralizing effect. So, okay. Um, I don't come from a family that has, let's say, sound health. But I begin to thank God. Because of where I'm coming from, let's say there is a certain contamination that is following me. But when I begin to thank God, that contaminant is cut off. Look at that. Thanksgiving sanctifies. The word sanctify means set apart. Do you understand? So, Everything may be wrong, but yours alone through thanksgiving becomes sanctified. Every child may be bad, but your child by thanksgiving becomes sanctified. Every marriage may be bad, but yours through thanksgiving becomes sanctified. Anything of yours that is trying to repeat history in the blessed and mighty name of Jesus, this month as we are thanking God, let it be sanctified in Jesus' name. Let it be set apart in Jesus' name. Let your story be different in Jesus' name. Number three, what does thanksgiving do? When we activate thanksgiving as a weapon, it activates self-destruction amongst the enemy. Yeah. The third thing that thanksgiving as a weapon does is that it activates self-destruction among the enemy. Yeah. I told you in 2 Chronicles 20, verse 21 to 23, you can write it. Second Chronicles 20, 21 to 23. How the enemy, five nations, came against Jehoshaphat. And he couldn't fight one of them. However, when they engaged in thanksgiving, and God stepped in, now the enemy began destroying themselves. In other words, if it is our days now, we will say that they turned the story around. Somebody's story will be turned around. The same people that said you don't qualify, they will call you and say we are sorry. The same people that gave you that medical report will call you and say that we gave you a wrong report. The same place. One day, one of our ladies went to the hospital. She's called Sally. And then she went and then they diagnosed her of a tumor. And she's on the prayer line all the way from Africa. And every morning when we take the communion, she'll take it. She'll receive the word. She said, I run with the word. I, I, I live with the word. After a period of nine months, she went back to the same hospital. And they said, it is true. We diagnosed you. We found the growth of the tumor and everything. But when she went there, they said that we can't even find a trace of the tumor. Somebody said, divine exchange. I can't hear you. Say, divine exchange is my portion. In the name of Jesus. 
So thanksgiving will always cause a turn around of the story because the enemy will self-destroy themselves. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Judges chapter 7 and verse 19 to 22. In Judges 7 verse 19 to 22, the Lord was going to destroy the Midianites for Israel to be free. The Bible says that now um, Gideon had accepted the challenge. He initially gathered 33,000 men. 33,000 men. The Lord said they are too many. He, he, he brought them down to 3,000. The Lord said, no, I don't want you to think that it is by your strength that you got it. And then eventually they came down to 300. 300. Even when they were 33,000, they couldn't fight the people. You see? And then now they became 300. Now look at how they won. So Gideon and the 100 men. So the 300, they broke themselves up into three camps. So 100 was going with him. 100 was on the other side. And 100 was waiting for the enemy. The Bible says that, Amma, Bible says that, and when they came onto the outside of the camp in the beginning of the middle watch, they, and they had, and they had but newly set the watch, and they blew the trumpets, and they broke the pitches that were in their hands. So this was one of the strategies that the Lord had told them to engage. Now verse number 20, look at verse 20. And the three companies, you see, so there were three companies of 100 each. All of a sudden, they all began to blow with trumpets. And they broke the pitches and held the lambs. Listen, now, at this point, eh, the 300, what they had done was that they had surrounded the enemy. They could, so the enemy was in a city. And they had just placed themselves, one on this side, one on that side, one on that side. And just strategically. Because they couldn't even surround totally. So they had portioned themselves in three groups. And Bible said that when they blew the trumpet, and you know, in the Old Testament, anytime they blew the trumpet, it was either for war or it was for praiseworthiness. So they, you, they could blow the trumpet to praise God. And this time it was a praise um, trumpet sound. So Bible said that when they break the trumpet, uh, when they break the pitches, and they held the lamps in their left hand, and the trumpets in their right hands, and they blow without, they cried, the sword of the Lord, the sword of Gideon. And verse 21, verse 21 says that. And they stood every man in his place. They didn't fight. When you engage in thanksgiving, you don't fight. Yeah. When you engage, because it is the Lord that will use you. So, when they began thanking God, every man stood in his place. Round about the camp, and all the hosts ran. And they cried and they fled. Look at verse 22 and 23. And the 300 men just blew the trumpets. So they were just thanking, praising. And the Lord set every man's sword, the enemy that were within, against his fellow. Even throughout all the host. And the host fled. Uh, the name is somewhere. And to the border of somewhere. Hallelujah. Somebody say me a believing amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. The, uh, even where the enemy will flee to, we can't find the name. Hallelujah. <laughs> Somebody say me a believing amen. <laughs> and finally, what does thanksgiving as a weapon do? It executes the written judgment. Yeah. I want you to write it. That is the last point here for me for today. It executes. So when thanksgiving becomes a weapon, it executes the written judgment. Now, there are laws that protect every citizen. Do you know that there are laws on the road network that protect you? Yeah. But you will see that it is working until somebody offends you. 
Okay? Somebody does something against the law and you are involved. That is when you see that the Lord is protecting you. That is, that is when you see that the Lord can compensate you. So, as kingdom citizens, there are laws that protect us. And there are laws that, um, that brings us recovery. They are written, but they are not executed until the enemy touches you wrongly. When you read Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 3, he said, Israel is holiness unto the Lord. And anyone that touches him, anyone that devours him shall offend and shall not be innocent. And look at what he said. He said, evil shall come upon them. Now, there are written judgments for the, the, the kingdom citizen. For you as a child of God and for me as a child of God, there are written judgments for us. Okay? And what they do is that they bring us to a place of freedom. They bring us to a place of protection. They bring us to a place of compensation. So that we as kingdom citizens will enjoy a glorious life. But then, what Thanksgiving does is that Thanksgiving will bring God on the scene to veto and know what the enemy is doing against you per time. Let me tell you something. One day, the Lord came unto... um, the Lord came unto Aaron in, in Numbers chapter 12. Don't, don't, don't put it on. You just, I want this one to be on. In Numbers chapter 12, the Bible said that um, Aaron and Miriam came against Moses. Now, when the Lord, Moses didn't hear it, but then the Lord came against Miriam and Aaron, against them. Now, when the Lord brought the three of them in, this is what the Lord said. The Lord said, Moses is a, a man of meekness. Somebody without any impeachment somebody that nobody is like him and the lord said that with him i speak face to face now the accolades that the lord gave about moses signifies somebody who worships the lord somebody who praises the lord when you engage in thanksgiving there are certain things that are happening around you you don't even know but god will execute the written judgment for you that's what i want to tell you there are many things that are happening that you may never know but many of them are to your disadvantage. You don't need to see it. As you live in thanksgiving, the Lord goes to war on your behalf. Psalm 149. When you read from verse number 1 all the way to 9. But let me start from verse number 5. Look at verse number 5 to 9. He said, let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their bears. Verse 6 says that. Verse 6. Let the high praises of God and that is what I told you. When instead of you complaining, you have every reason to complain, but you begin to thank him. It becomes a high praise. He said, let the high praises of God be in their mouth. A two-edged sword in their hand. And verse 7 says that, and to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishment upon the people. Verse 8 and 9. To bind their kings with chains. Their nobles with fetters of iron. And verse 9. He said, to execute upon them the judgment written. This honor have all his sins. So anytime we praise the Lord, anytime we enter into thanksgiving, what happens is that we begin to execute the written judgment. This week, there will be a written judgment executed on your behalf. This week, the Lord will go to war on your behalf. This week, the Lord will turn that story around. I want you to jump on your feet and begin to thank the Lord. Begin to praise the Lord. Begin to worship the Lord. Begin to appreciate the goodness of the Lord. Begin to celebrate the counsel of God. Begin to celebrate the recovery. 
begin to celebrate your restoration. Lift up your voice in the name of Jesus. That news that you heard, that situation, that circumstance, begin to thank God for it in Jesus' name. You are thanking God whilst you are in it. There is a situation you find yourself in. Thank God that Lord, thank you that in this situation, you are going to glorify yourself. Turn things around and give me a resounding victory. Lift up your voice and thank the Lord. Somebody lift up your voice and thank the Lord. We have come to say thank you. Once again in Jesus name. In that situation, in that circumstance. That there will be a turn around. Thank you oh Lord. For teaching our hands to war. Thank you oh Lord. For investing in us. Thank you oh Lord. For trusting in us. In the blessed and mighty name of Jesus. Celebrate the Lord. On, your, on behalf of your family. On your own behalf. Give praise unto the Lord. For we are fighting from victory. In the name of Jesus. We give you praise. We give you glory. Jesus blessed and mighty name. Hallelujah father. We thank you. We declare that this week is a blessed week. And we declare that as we go out with thanksgiving. We will return with stories changed. We will return with multiplication. We will return with judgment executed against the enemy. We will return knowing that father. All things are working together for our good. We will return Lord. Knowing that the enemy will self-destruct. Because anytime Thanksgiving goes up, you appear in. Because it is your will. And you are at where your will is. We give you praise. We give you glory. Jesus blessed and mighty name. Somebody shout and believe in. Amen. Come on, put your hands together and take your seat in heavenly places. Quickly, we want to take our communion. Those that will be. Please remember our activities for the week and God willing and God willing um, on 20th we'll be having our carols night I want you to make it a point to be part and parcel of it it's going to be a blessing and please our three nights of conference which is the new wineskin conference Bishop Dixon is coming Prophet Isaiah is coming it's going to be so awesome very powerful and I want, we don't want to enter into the new year with the old year attitudes and stuff like that. So we will shed up the old and prepare for the new. Amen. God bless you tremendously. Father, we bless the bread and we bless the drink. It was bread and drink. When Jesus blessed the bread, he broke it. He said, it is my body. He blessed the cup. He said, it is my blood. We receive it in Jesus' blessed and mighty name. Please, those that are living after first service, give it to them. I want you to lift up an offering unto the Lord. He brought an offering in. We want to do these two simultaneously in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we thank you for the privilege of giving. Please receive our seed and bless it. Let the harvest be bumper in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Please drop it with joy. God richly bless you tremendously. And, um, if you are done with taking your communion, if today is your first time. I want to welcome you especially. First service, today is your first time. Can I see your hand up? And I want to celebrate you in Jesus' mighty and blessed name. Today is your first time. Wow. Wow. Can I shake hands with you? Is it okay? Let's celebrate her. 
Wow. My goodness. God bless. Today's your first time. Please. please. Holy Hill Chapel, Tennessee. Let's celebrate this wonderful. God bless you. Please, what's your name? Michelle. Michelle. Michelle, invited by who? Brianna. Brianna, hallelujah. God bless you, Michelle. I'll pray with you. Please, what's your name? Sarah. Sarah, invited by? My husband, Maxwell. Oh, Apostle Maxwell. Wow. <laughs> hallelujah. Wow. God bless you. Let's pray, Michelle and then Sarah. Father, thank you for your lives and thank you for bringing them here today. It's not accidental. I pray that when they leave here today, Activate the weapon of thanksgiving on their behalf. Let there be testimonies and let there be turnaround stories in Jesus' blessed and mighty name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much. Um, please, I have something for you. And um, do I, what, LP, Shana? Uh, okay. Uh, Brianna. Okay, yes. Brianna will take care of you. Let's celebrate them, Sister Sarah and then Sister Marshall. God bless you. Please take your seat. Brianna will come minister to you. Let's be on our feet. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The prayer line will be active by 3 a.m. this morning, tomorrow morning. And I will hopefully see you on. And then we'll be thanking God. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord empower you. And make his face shine upon you. Give you his peace and his countenance. In Jesus' blessed and mighty name. God bless you. Let's share the grace of God together. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now forevermore, surely. Goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. With long life, full of prosperity and sound health, shall you satisfy me and my household all the days of our lives. Amen.